The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Put your hands together for God. Remain standing. Continue to stand. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 1. We do have notes for you, as is our custom. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. We'll then go to Daniel 2 and read a number of verses there. Are you ready? Here we go. Reading from the New King James. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs, that he might not defile himself. And God had brought Daniel into favor and goodwill with the chief of the eunuchs. Verse 10. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. You all know what that means. Okay. Bad to have your head endangered. Verse 11. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for ten days, and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink, and then let our appearance be examined before you, and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this manner and tested them ten days. How many days? Ten days. And at the end of ten days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of the delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now go to chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 18. The context of chapter 2 now is Nebuchadnezzar has had this dream. It's totally freaked him out. And he gathers together all the wise men and the soothsayers and all the people of his kingdom to tell him what the dream is and what it means, which is quite a task. Tell me what my dream is. In other words, he doesn't tell him the dream. He says, you have to tell me the dream and you have to tell me what it means or you lose your head, or you all die. So here it is, the context, Daniel 2, verse 18, that they may seek the mercies from God of heaven concerning this secret. So he, he comes back to his companions, and so Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. And he comes and he has this prayer meeting, and verse 19 says, Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision, so Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Verse 27 now of the same chapter. Daniel answered in the presence of the king. So you understand now, Daniel 2, Nebuchadnezzar's had a dream that's freaked him out. He gathers all the people that can interpret and all the wise guys. The soothsayers, the magicians, and Daniel and his crew are there too. And he says, if you don't tell me the dream that I had, which I'm not going to tell you, you need to tell me the dream, and what it means, then you're all going to die. So Daniel goes back, they have a prayer meeting, God speaks to him, tells him the dream, tells him the interpretation. All right, Daniel, 40, Daniel 2, 46, he's now appearing before Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, pardon me. Daniel 2, verse 27. You all there? All right. A little bit of scripture this morning. Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret with which the king has demanded the wise men, the astrologers and musicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. And he's made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions upon your head were these, and he tells them everything. Verse 46, you all there? Say verse 46. Verse 46, and King Nebuchadnezzar, after hearing this, 
falls on his face, prostrate before Daniel, and commanded that they should present an offering of incense to him. Verse 47. The king answered to Daniel and said, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and the revealer of secrets. Since you could reveal this secret, then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts, and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and the chief administrator of all the, all the wise men in Babylon. Also Daniel petitioned the king, and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat at the gate of the king. Let's pray. Lord God, reveal and give us even living understanding today that we might never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. I stand amazed that God would take the likes of us and put us in places where we can make a difference. He can use donkeys. He can use me. He can use you. And God desires to have His people in strategic places. He wants to put His people in places to make a difference at the right time at the right place. In fact, I've entitled this being in the right place at the right time. I should probably have entitled it being the right person in the right place at the right time. Whether you realize it or not, God will set you up. Come on, somebody say it's a setup. God will set you up to be at the right place at the right time that you would end up being powerfully used for the purposes of the kingdom of God. And Daniel was a person like that used to fulfill the will of God in this generation. How was Daniel able to be used by God in this way? I see four things from this text very simply. First of all, he chose to see his situation as an opportunity. He chose to see his situation as an opportunity to be used by God even though he was taken captive and he was called into the service of the king. And I, I just need to preach here for just a second. Many people want to be used by God, but they're bemoaning and they're bitter and they're angry over the circumstances they're in. Maybe their job, their feeling is beneath them, so they're wondering how they could be used by God. And they disqualify themselves by not doing anything. Daniel was, uh, was held captive. He was brought out of his homeland. He lost his family. He's, he's captive. And then he's called to the service of the king, which you think would be like, yes, called to the service of the king. No, what that means is you become a eunuch. You all, I didn't say unique. I said eunuch. How many of you know what that is? When you're called to the service of the king, fellas, that's not good. The man has been through some trauma. Daniel's been through some pain. He's a slave, basically. He can't do whatever he wants to, and he's made a eunuch. His ability to procreate is no more. And that is the context of which Daniel now finds himself. And many times, many times we, we see ourselves as, you know, we can't do anything because of the circumstances we're in. Daniel wasn't that way. He chose. Everybody say he chose. He chose to make a difference. He chose to make a difference. Listen, you don't have the choice about what family you were born into. You don't have a choice about what nation you were born into. You don't have a choice about whether you have brown hair or blonde hair or none. You didn't have a choice about all of those things. You do have a choice, though, with how you handle and what you do with the time given you in this earth. You do have a choice about that. And Daniel did something. He chose. It was an opportunity. Some of you just complained. And you murmur. And I just want you to stop today. Stop, stop doing that and look for the silver lining in the cloud, if you will. Look for the God's opportunity in the midst of your extremity. A, a preacher of a bygone era said that. Man's extremity is always God's opportunity. Uh, trouble and difficulty is the springboard for which you can find yourself becoming more Christ-like and seeing heaven even released in the earth. Stop bemoaning. Stop complaining. Stop grumbling. Stop shaking your head and getting all upset about about stuff and start speaking life and believe that it's an opportunity to change. Come on, we need world changers. I believe God's raising them up even from Alaska. Can you say amen? 
Come on, one guy said of you, if you served a bunch of lemons, make lemonade, bro. I love what Dr. Morocco told me long ago. He says, if you're ever tarred and feathered, just lead a parade. Daniel, he would continue to obey God in spite of extreme pressure to conform to the world. He continued to obey in spite of extreme pressure. Extreme pressure? I didn't just throw that in. It's extreme pressure he's in. He's held captive. He's a eunuch. And now they're saying, this is what, this is what you're going to eat. And listen, if you stepped out of line, it's not a slap on your wrist. You step out of line, you just lose your head. You step out of line, it's over for you. And, and you were dismissed. So Daniel took it upon himself to stand and to not defile himself in the midst of a de- generation that was defiling themselves. What are you talking about? Listen, in the Old Testament, God gave directions, gave orders, gave commands, is what I should say, about food. And I, I oftentimes wondered about why he would do that. Now, there, there, there are some, and I would tend to agree, that many of the laws and regulations about food, they're finding out now that actually it's healthier for you to live the way that he prescribed in the Old Testament. Don't let somebody put a yoke on you, all right? You say, well, you can't eat pork then. I know pork's got worms and stuff, but give me my bacon. Come on, somebody say amen. I'll bless it in Jesus' name. I have one preacher standing over a pork meal. Uh, he, uh, he stood and he said, well... Lord, if you can bless what you've cursed, go right ahead. It's interesting that God uses food, though, because think about all the fellowship that you're about to have here in about an hour or less. You're going to go and, and sit around a meal, most of you, and, and you talk and you, you know, share stories. A lot of fellowship around the world happens around food. And what God was doing, even through food and, of course, many other things, is to call his people to be holy. And so the Old Testament is all this external laws and regulations, and the New Testament is really, it's an internal thing. It's an issue of the heart. But Daniel knew the word and knew that he could not eat these things and and not disobey. And so he petitioned, and he he made a plea. He made an appeal, I should say. In the midst of tremendous pressure to conform, and his appeal is accepted, I've, I've read... Some articles where this is the place that the Lord's actually saying you should all be vegetarians. Listen, if you're a vegetarian, God bless you. Amen. Let the Lord bless your vegetables and all of that. And I'm not down on that. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. You feel led to be a vegetarian. It's wonderful. But I'm going to eat bacon. Amen. Just saying. Can I have a big juicy burger and a steak? Don't be down on me. Amen. It's not about food. The kingdom of God is not about food and drink. Love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So Daniel doesn't want to defile himself, and he basically petitions, and he ends up getting this plan just to eat vegetables and drink water, and God blesses him and elevates him in his countenance and the way that he looked. He looked healthier and stronger than all the other guys. He does not conform. The third thing we see in the text is found in verse 18 of chapter 2. They're served this, this uh, decree. You don't come up with the dream and the interpretation, you're all dead. That motivates him. I mean, you know, you'd be motivated if you knew you were going to die the following day. You'd be pretty motivated to pray. It's crazy how we have to get motivated. He's motivated to pray. He comes rack, back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they have a prayer meeting. And God gives him... Revelation. He sought the Lord for revelation. How many of you know, just a show of hands, that God knows everything? Great. How many of you know that the secret of the Lord, Psalm, or Proverbs, sorry. It's in the Bible. (laughs) Psalm 25. Psalm 25, verse 2. It it talks about the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. uh, Pardon me. Psalm 25, verse 2. 14, the secret of the Lord is with those that fear him, and he will show him his covenant. Proverbs 25, verse 2, says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search it out as a matter of kings. You see, God has hidden things. In fact, he hides truth from casual observers. The, the, the parables are spoken so that you would actually press in to find out what is God really saying. See, he's not obligated to speak to you because you're breathing. 
He loves everybody the same, but he has intimate ones, and there is revelation that will be released to you if you're willing to pay the price. I've known many people that have desired to have revelation over circumstances, but they're not in morning prayer. Hello. They don't have that quiet time that God actually wants to meet them in to speak to them, to give them the revelation that they so want. Sometimes we're counting on God's sovereignty, and actually we use it as an excuse for laziness. It's getting a little, it's getting hot in here. You see, God's sovereignty is that, let me just make it simple. He does what he wants, when he wants, whoever he wants to. And many people believe that. Believers believe that. We believe, how many of you know God's sovereign? He could wisp in here. It could be over any minute now. He could do whatever he wants, right? He's sovereign. Say, God's sovereign. But many believers don't realize their place of authority, their identity, and their authority in the kingdom to forcefully evict demonic intruders, to to command even their physical healing and, and blessings of God. Come on, you've got to appropriate the grace of God. You've got to take a stand and pray in authority. If you wait for the devil to come, if you wait for God to come kick the devil out your house, you might be waiting a long time. Well, some of you think I'm all a heresy. You might be waiting a long time. You know what? God did that already with his son on the cross. And then he says, behold, I give you all authority. How much authority? All authority. Who's supposed to kick the devil up out your crib? (laughs) You're what? Some of you got it. You might get it on the way home. You have to take authority, right? So Daniel sought the Lord for revelation, and that's what we need to do. Amen. He sought the Lord for revelation and, and he gave glory to God. He gave glory to God. Verse 19 of chapter 2 is also in verse 28. When Daniel got revelation, he gave glory to God. What's the result of, uh, of Daniel being at the right place at the right time? The result is he saved his life. Do you know that the way that you live will actually bring forth life in other people's life? You know, we talked about Abraham in Genesis 26. Abraham obeyed God. Now Isaac in the next generation. Abraham's gone. Isaac now in the next generation. Let me ask you this question. How are you living right now? See, it's not just about your life. It's about the generations that are to come, the decisions, the laws, the way that we vote, the things that we do, the legislature that gets put in place. It's not just about your life. It's about your kids and your, should the Lord tarry, your children's children and your children's children's children. There's an Old Testament king who disobeyed the Lord. A judgment came down on him. And God says to him, for the sake of David, it not happen in your lifetime, but it'll happen in your kid's lifetime. And the, and the king's like, "Woo! thank God. What a jerk. I forget who that is. I need to go look that up. I mean, what is it Hezekiah? Thank you. Hezekiah's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're so merciful. What? What, what man in his right mind would want his grandbabies affected and, and, and hurt and split and all of that? Nobody. Selfish punk. The result of Daniel being in the right place at the right time is that he saved his own life. He saved the life of his others. We need to do the same thing. He was used to communicate God's will in the world. Literally, he was placed in a position to be God's spokesman. Released revelation. God is speaking to a nation. He used Daniel as a mouthpiece. Our esteemed guests, as well as all of us here, God wants to use you as a mouthpiece. And either God will use your mouth or you can let the devil use your mouth. You choose. In fact, the only way the enemy can speak is by borrowing your mouth. He has no voice unless you give it to him. And he was elevated uh, with a place of great leadership to be a great influence for good. Literally, Nebuchadnezzar fell down. you got to understand, here is a slave eunuch, captive, standing there, and the king of the largest, strongest nation in the earth falls on his face before him. And he's totally like, Oh, you're gone, the God of gods and the, the Lord of kings. He becomes a believer. Nebuchadnezzar becomes a believer because of the secret that was revealed. He realized, whoa, God's really, there really is a God of gods. Amazing, really an amazing situation there. He becomes the secretary of state. All right, Roman numeral four, what's God saying to us? 
Very simple. Very simple message today. What is God saying to us? First thing he's saying is live holy in an unholy world. We are surrounded by the delicacies of the world, if you could say it that way. We are surrounded by it. Stand on principle. Be a man of conviction. Do the right thing. If you can't handle the internet, turn it off. If you are constantly defiling yourself with pornography, constantly doing things on the web that you shouldn't be doing or on your phone, get a flip phone, for God's sake. They work. Man, we got on without the internet before. You can get on without the internet now. Hello? If you can't handle your TV, you keep watching stuff you shouldn't be watching and defiling. It's my life. I can do what I want to. Not if you're saved. Not if you're a Christian. It's not your life. What do you mean by that? You've been purchased with a price. You're a new creation. Come on, you don't want to, you want to be the bride of Christ, not the bride of Frankenstein. Come on, reckon yourself dead. Some of you just, you know. You got to do away with that stuff. Live holy. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, live holy. You say, how do you know what holiness is? It's in the Word. It's in the Word very clearly in the Word. And you got to know the word in order to know how it is to live holy. Without holiness, he, the writer of Hebrews says, no man will see the Lord. So in the midst of our crooked and depraved generation, God, like Daniel, is saying to us, we need to live holy. Don't be captured by the lusts of the world. Ask God for help. Get accountable. Set up structures. Can you say amen? amen. Create hedges in your life. And I'm not talking about shrubs and greenery, which is all but gone in Alaska and winter is here. Lo, Lord help us. Hedges, build hedges. Build structures in your life. I mean, it's like the alcoholic who, who gets, gets delivered and he gets, he gets clean and then he starts going to bars again and wonders why he got drunk. I mean... Really, you just need to take your hand with exceeding force and hit yourself upside the head. How many of you know, if you struggle with alcohol, you're an alcoholic, probably a pretty good idea. Don't go to bars. But the same is true for every other area of our lives. All right, say live holy. Live holy. It's interesting in verse 17 of chapter 1, it says, As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge, skill, and literature, and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding all visions and dreams. Be open for God to quicken your mind. You know, God can quicken your mind. I had a lot of issues when I came into the house of the Lord and gave my life to Christ. And somehow he quickened my mind. Now you might say, well, you need a little bit more quickening. I know, pray for me, praise God. But so do you, Bubba. You can pray for yourself. Lord, help my mind. God, help me. You can, you can pray that. Be open for God. Listen, you say, well, that's the way I am. I love what Sister Sarah said here. Sarah said, I, I thought, well, that was just Sarah. That was just Sarah Mitchell. That's the way. And then she actually found out that wasn't just Sarah Mitchell. It was something that she needed to be healed from. Some of you just say, well, I'm just, you know, my father was angry and I'm angry. And that's the way that is. Don't get you hold of yourself. You can change. You can be open to God. God can touch your mind. Number three, get spiritual revelation. You've got to have revelation. I think you'll get that through prayer, which is the next point. Be a person of prayer. Ask God for revelation. The apostle Paul prayed that you would have a, a spirit of revel wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that we would know the hope of our calling and what is the glorious riches of his inheritance in the saints. His inheritance. Come on, if you, if, if God forbid your parents to die, if you leave you an inheritance, what would that be? I don't know. Be stated in the will and so on and so forth. What would God's inheritance be? What could you give God? What you, he has everything. What do you give him? He gets you. He gets me. He gets the church. He gets the bride of Christ. That shows you how significant you are. Some of you struggle with, you, know, you just don't feel worthy. Oh, you're worthy by the blood. You're special and significant. Be a person of prayer. Say it. Be a person of, be a person of prayer. Have a, have a revelation. Listen, if you never hear anything I say this whole day, if you, don't, if you didn't hear anything yet, 
Listen to what I say now. If I can get you to pray as your pastor, you will make it. If I can't get you to pray, you might not. Now, I'm not talking about making it to heaven. I don't want to get into Armenianism and Calvinism and all that, not today. But if you can learn to be a person of prayer, you will see manifestations of God in your life. Miracles. You will see them. Learn to be a person of prayer. Don't cripple heaven by your prayerlessness. Don't count on the sovereignty and the goodness of God to come through for you to bring forth the miracle. Don't count on it. In other words, he's good. God's good, devil bad. It's great revelation. God good, devil, yes, it's true. And he, he is out to bless you. There's no doubt. But he's given you responsibilities, and he's given you privilege. He's given you passport. Come on. We boldly come before the throne of grace and find grace and help in time of need. Boldly come. So what happens if you don't come before the throne? Then you don't get grace, which is the most powerful force in all the world, and you don't get help in time of need. But if you do come before the throne, you get grace and you get help. Don't come before the throne, no grace, no help. I'm simplifying it. Do you understand? Be a person of prayer. Come on, say it. Be a person of, be a person of prayer. So I don't know how to pray. Well, that's okay. Show up at the barn right across from Walmart, up from Sears, just past the new Dodge dealership. Morning prayer, 7 a.m., Monday through Saturday. Glory to God. Come, be a part of that. And you, prayer is caught more than taught. You read all kinds of books. Just get in a place where you can... You know, learn to pray. Rise up in leadership. Look at E, fifth thing. Rise up in leadership. Rise up in leadership. Leadership is basically, at a base level, is influencing people. you got to take time to influence people. Rise up in leadership. Expand your influence. Be a part of stuff. You know, you know as well as I do. Now, I'm almost 50. Hallelujah. I feel like I'm 20, unless it's early in the morning. Or I have to run really quickly. Or get in the back of a pickup truck. And a couple other things make me feel a little bit older. But once you live a little bit of time, you'll realize that decades go by when you blink. When you blink, you go, boom, 10 years. You're like, whoa. And there's some of you younger folks where your concrete is still wet. You don't think that's the truth, but it is the truth. And if you don't get after it right now, if you just rest in your, in your couch of, uh, of pleasures... And hope it's all going to come together. That is totally not how it happens. You've got to get involved. You've got to start picking up the word and learning it. Get, get plugged in. Learn how to lead. Be a part of stuff. Plug in. You know, I'm just going to throw myself under the bus just for a moment. I believe that God wants me to learn an instrument. Piano, guitar. I don't think it matters. In fact, I think there's this. I'm being so convicted right now. Jesus, help me. Because I think he's spoken to me. But I, I have this blockage, and I break it even now, of, of wondering whether I can actually learn an instrument. And so I do all kinds of stuff, but I, I hesitate. I'm putting my hands on the keys and getting some lessons and trying. And do you know that if God has spoken to me to do that, but I never tried, then I'll never learn an instrument, and then I'll stand before him on the day when there's nobody else there. And I think he'll say, well done, good and faithful. What happened? Like, uh, what? What? I told you to learn the piano. Like your grandfather, your great grandfather, or worship leaders in the, in, the, in the ministry. I told you to learn. What happened? I mean, what are you going to say? You're like, well, Lord, you know. I mean, there, there's no manipulating. On the day of judgment, when you stand there, there's no twisting the arm of, of glory. You can't lie to God at that point. He's going to be like, <laughs> Liars go to hell. You're out of here. No, I'm just kidding. Get, get, get plugged in. Get involved. Start rising up in the gifts and the talents that God has given you. And don't compare them with somebody else. Can you imagine if you were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And Abednego? Can you imagine if you were him, them, his brothers? Be like, geez, I wonder what Daniel's got it all going on. It would have been pretty cool to be Daniel's buddy because you'd have been instantly promoted. You know, who you hang out with depends on what happens in your life. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Who you spend time with will affect you and your decisions and everything. Bad company corrupts good character, but good company can, can, can impact you too. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had their shot, didn't they? 
And there came one like the Son of Man, a fourth man in the furnace. Mm. <laughs> Come on. Oh, I got to hurry. Bloom where you're planted. Everybody say, bloom where you're planted. Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Some of you are thinking, well, this job's beneath me. Stop. Serve like you're serving Christ. I shouldn't be a measly salesman. I should be a manager by now. Well, maybe God's working on your humility. Come on, who's the most humble person here? Just raise your hand. There you go. God bless you. If you could help us at the end of today. Maybe God's working on your character. You know, I thought that the Lord should promote me and done all these things for me back decades and decades ago. And I realize now as I've grown up a little bit in the Lord, I look back, thank God He loved me enough not to do that because I'd have blown up all over the walls and destroyed people. I didn't have the kind of character I needed to walk in what I felt like God was calling me to walk in. But you got to start. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, start. Start, get involved, right? rise up in leadership. And lastly, as our worship team comes, be in the right place at the right time. And I, I think I should probably say, be the right person in the right place at the right time. You don't know what God's going to do through you. You have no idea. I was getting on a plane coming back from my trip. Just, I got back on Friday. And I was getting on a plane to Minneapolis. And... Um, I had a, you know, 38D or something. You know, like back of the bus. You know, praise God for planes. It's amazing, right? I wasn't complaining, but I'm like, oh, Lord. And uh, I've got the frequent flyer, you know, stuff. And so sometimes I get bumped up. And uh, I love when that happens. How many of you not getting free first class upgrade when you fly? You're like, yes, Jesus. And we pray for that sometimes because it's just nicer. So I've got no upgrade, and I'm looking on the upgrade list, and I don't see my name on there. And I'm like, well, whatever. Praise the Lord. So I go to get on the plane, and I, I give my ticket, and a ticket pops out the top, and this lady goes, oh, and hands it to me. First class. So I got first class. I wasn't on the list or anything. I don't know. So I'm like, hey, praise you, Jesus. He loves me. Glory to God. Come on. He loved me back in 38D, too. How many of you don't want to talk about it? I'm just thankful for favor. So... Walked in, I found my place, and there was another man there. I sat down in my first class plush seat, drank my little water, and had my hot towel and all of that. And then was just like, you know, just so tired. And I woke up and I looked over. Does anybody, you know, I feel like it's wrong to read somebody's stuff. You know what I mean? When you're sitting next to somebody and you like, you like look, and you're, am I the only one? I think that's sin. You know, when they're on a computer. Now, watching somebody else's movie, I think that's okay. You know, I... But reading their stuff, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm convicted of that. I mean, I, I don't, you know, somebody's reading your stuff, you'd be like. And so I wake up, I'm like, you know, just waking up, and I kind of glance over at the, at the sheet for a second. I see this thing, Nicene Creed. How many of you know what the Nicene Creed is? When I saw that, I thought, oh, Christian, something, something going, whoop, 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 whoop. So I start praying, and eventually I introduced myself. I didn't read anymore, by the way. I just saw that. It was in bold. Okay. I started introducing myself to him, and he, he ends up being a major bishop in a mainline denominational church. And, and you would know the denomination, all that, and I'm not going to say what that is. And I sat there next to him, and I began to talk to him. He said, well, I'm a bishop and over this denomination and so-and-so, and I'm going to Alaska for this and that. And he said, well, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor. And we began to talk, began to talk about the vision of the church and what's going on in his denomination. And, and he says to me, so are you guys declining like we all are? And I said, oh, no, we're not. He said, you're not. I said, man, the church is growing at an unbelievable rate. Finances are awesome. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. Leaders are rising. I tried to, in fact, I had to just dial it down because I just want to be, oh, 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 yeah. No, let me tell you. I mean, I was just like, oh, no, we're growing. I, I'm just trying to, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to, I didn't want to be the, you know, jerk. 
Oh, you're shrinking? We're growing, man. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I dialed it down. But as our conversation went on, I got to share about the property and how God gave us our property back. And, you know, it's at, at 25% of what it's appraised at. And, and how the miracles and some of the things, the healing, what's taking place. And he's just looking at me, moved. He said, I've left my denomination because it's going apostate. But I love Jesus. And I believe the word of God, he says to me. He's, he's, he's affected. And I began to talk to him and about some of the stuff that we do. And, and he says, you know, we, we have our meetings, but we're really all isolated. I said, I got an idea. He said, what? I said, you know what you could do with all of your, all of your uh, priests and people that are part of your denomination that you're over? He said, do you know what Skype is? He said, yeah. He said, we use that for meetings. I said, we'll use it for a prayer meeting. I said, we get all our pastors on, and we pray, and we testify. He said, I've never thought about that. I said, try it. He said, I will. And we began to talk. You know what happened? God used a donkey like me to put me in the right place at the right time. And you know what happened? I, I think, listen, I think that the seeds, I began to tell him about revival. I began to tell him about prayer. I began to testify about what God has done at other times and even the history of his own denomination. Almost all denominations were made in the fire. And then they, they departed and became bureaucratic organizations where people never get saved anymore. And they never pray for them. They believe in healing maybe, but it never happens anymore. And, and there's this dry deadness that takes place. And I began to testify about his own denomination, the history, which he knew ten times better than I did. I told him, man, God could do it again. And he said, God could do it again. I said, God could do it again. Someone say that. God can do it again. We need a great reformation. We do. You could be a Daniel. Our candidates, I believe God's raised you up to be Daniels. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that God is pouring out His Spirit on our state. There's something about our state. There's something about our state. It's different. We are a different state. And there is a clarion call. There's a trumpet that's gone out, a trumpet call of heaven, calling thousands upon thousands of people. They're moving here like a modern-day gold rush. And they're coming, and they think they're coming for the fresh air. And, and, and thank God for our fresh air. But there's something else that's fresh and blowing here in Wasilla, which actually, that's what that means. There's a fresh wind of the Spirit of God that's blowing in our state. I believe we're headed for a great awakening. I believe that. Come on, you believe that with me? Say amen. Come on, stand up on your feet. Come on, stand up on your feet. You could be the right person in the right place at the right time. And if God can use a slave eunuch, I think he could use you. You just got to learn to obey and live holy and be a person of prayer. Who knows what God could do with you? Who knows what he could do with the likes of us? It's crazy. It's amazing. He's an amazing God. Come on, he takes the foolish things of the world to confine the wise. Come on, he snatched you like a stick out of the fire and he placed you in this time in history. Listen, the days that you're living now, the prophets saw far off and longed to be in them, but you're living in them. You're living in them. You can make a difference. Come on, say it to your neighbor. You can make a difference. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, be a Daniel. Go ahead. Be a Daniel. Are you willing? Are you willing to be a Daniel? Are you willing to stand up and let God use you? Look, it, it might just be at the coffee store, at the, at, the, at the coffee shack that you visit every morning to get your mocha, or, or maybe in Fred Meyer's or Walmart, or, or wherever you go, or up on the slope. It, it, might be, it might be in your homeschool co-op that you're a part of, or in a public school, or it, maybe it's in public office. God could use you to be a mouthpiece. And if, it's, if, if there has ever been a time in the history of our country that the church of the living God stand up. It is now. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Put your best hand clap together. Come on, put your best hand clap together. Shout to God with a voice of triumph today. Come on. Hey. Come on. Come on, Jesus. The Lord is releasing even revelation that will cause a revolution in the hearts and the minds of people. There's change that's coming. 
Come on, praise the Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed all across this place. Those online, if this was your last day and you breathed your last, God forbid. But if it was, for no man knows the time and the hour of his own life. A man has given but one life to live. And if this was the last day, do you know for certain, absolutely, for sure, that you would go to heaven? And if your answer is, I hope so, you can have more hope and actually surety instead of just hoping so you can know. You say, well, I've, I've been a good man. That's not, you're not good enough. If you could be good enough, Jesus never had to die on a cross. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Have you ever lied? You ever lied before? Yes, of course you have. Welcome to being a human being. That would make you a liar. You ever stolen? Yes. Thief. You ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Yes, you have. You ever lusted after someone? Now, I personally have never done that, but have you? No, I'm kidding. Hello. I'm a pastor after all. Listen, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life. Every single one of us has blown it, and you are not forgiven until you receive the free gift, which is Jesus Christ crucified for you, for your sin. Make it personal for you. Oh, for my sin too, and for the sins of the world and all who receive him and believe on him, they would not perish, but they'd have everlasting life. There is a perishing. If you're not right with God, You've lied, you've stolen, you've cheated, you've taken his name in vain, you've lusted perhaps. And get right with him before you leave this place. Every head bowed, every eye closed, all across this place. Where are you with God? Are you right with God? If you're not, make a decision. Make a decision. I'm not talking about joining my church. I'm talking about having your sins forgiven. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. Or maybe you gave your heart to Jesus years ago, but you drifted. You drifted in your walk. You need to come home. You know you're not right with God. You need to come home and give Him every chamber of your heart. Or maybe the enemy lies to you and you just want to be sure that you're headed to heaven. If that's you, you fit in those three categories, giving your heart to Jesus for the first time. Or secondly, you want to give your heart back to the Lord. You've drifted and you're coming home today. Or thirdly, you just want to be assured of your salvation. You want to be sure you're on your way to heaven. All across this place, you fit in any of those categories on the count of three. Slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it right now. Whoa. God bless you. 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 Praise God. God bless you back there. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. God bless you. I see that hand, son, all the way in the back. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Now listen. As soon as Pastor Alex begins to sing, I want you to come and meet me right here. He said, why would you do that? Because I have a theory that's biblical. It means this. It's this. Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me, I will deny you. And I have a theory that if you're getting right with God for the first time or giving your heart to Jesus in recommitment, or if you're just going to be sure, and you can't acknowledge that you're doing that in front of a bunch of people that really love God, then when persecution maybe comes or when the trials come or the world comes, the pressures like came on Daniel, when those come on you, you'll, you'll cave in. If you meant business with God, you raised your hand. First time, recommitment, or you just want to be sure, or you didn't raise your hand, you know you'd be included in this prayer. Come right now. Come, come right now. Come on, come right now. Put your hands together for these. Come on, come. Meet me right here. Meet me right here. As close to my hand as you can. Come as close to my hand as you can. Come on. Put your hands together for these guys. Come on. Every breath that I take. Close to my hand as you Every can. Come on. Every moment I'm away. Every moment I'm away. Awesome. 
We've got some folks around you that are going to pray for you and help you. Let's pray this all out loud. Now, you guys up front, in this one moment, you pray this very simple prayer. Everything you ever did wrong is thrown as far as the east is from the west. And bless God, you're not supposed to go fishing there. It's in the sea of forgetfulness, it's called. When you're going to receive Jesus, he's going to wipe out all of your sin right now, all of it. He's going to forgive you. You'll be forgiven. You ready? Say with me right out loud. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Amen. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Would you lift your hands as a sign of surrender? I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable or anything, but it's biblical. It's a way of just receiving the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that you touch, that you break every bondage, every chain. Holy Spirit, touch these. Thank you that they've made a decision to live for you. The past is gone. It's a new day. It's a new hour. Oh, God, bless them. Use them mightily. Fill them with your spirit right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Pastor Vince, would you come right here, please? We're just going to take a minute, a couple minutes of your time, not long, and then I'm going to talk to these folks and close our service, and our time will be done. This is Pastor Vince Vinson. He's on my staff. He's a great man. He's going to lead you all right through those double doors because we want to give you a gift, all right? All right? Put your hands together. Pastor Vince, would you go? Come on, if you would, don't go scuffle off. Come on, we got something for you. Go ahead, just follow right on out the... Put your hands together for these guys. Come on, go ahead. We'll just take a moment moment of time in the lobby there. Somebody say hallelujah. Come on, put your best hand clap together. People getting saved, translated out of darkness. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody say thank you, Lord. Amen. And ushers, if you'd close that door. And let me just talk to you and we'll close. Our, our, our guests are going to be in the lobby to answer questions and help you and pass out literature for you. And you can take that home. And, and you be sure to vote. October 6th is when we vote, all right? So I know many of you have registered. We've encouraged you and to do that. And if you haven't registered well, I forgive you. Praise the Lord. I should say we forgive you. Meanwhile, get registered. More elections to come. Amen. It is a Christian responsibility to vote. Hello. It's a, it's a responsibility you have even before God. I believe a part of this nation to vote. So you make sure you vote. And if you don't vote, you, you can say nothing. Hello. All right. Now we got a petition out there about marijuana and, and, uh, and, and restricting that and putting that thing down in our, in our valley here and in Wasilla. And if you've got questions about that, our mayor can help you. They were successful to get that on the ballot in Palmer. Isn't that right? Yeah. So we need to contend and pray for holiness. And I'll be preaching a message on uh, marijuana use. I'm just putting the finishing touches on that. Somebody said, well, it's legal. It's just like a glass of wine. It's not like a glass of wine. We'll be beating that thing up one side and down the other shortly. And I'll do it on a Sunday morning. So we'll look forward to that. Amen. Did you get something from God today? Come on, let's just pray one more time. Ask God to give you divine appointments that you would be a Daniel, that you would be a Daniel, that you would be a Daniel, right person at the right place at the right time, and be open to it. Come on, let's pray and ask God for that. Father, thank you. Lord, you desire to use us even as your mouthpiece to declare what is right, what is wrong, to live holy, to pray to be a people that would hold out the word of truth in a crooked and a depraved generation. I pray and ask now in Jesus' name for your favor to come upon us like you came upon Daniel. You'd come upon us. We're washed in the blood. We're cleansed. That you would use us, God, to bring about change in our families first and foremost. There'd be no divorce. There would be healthy marriages and healthy children. Our families would be blessed, rightly representing you and your word in the kingdom of God. You would use 
us in the marketplace and in the body of Christ you'd use us. And Lord, I pray for that bishop that I sat next to. Visit him in the night. Encourage him and strengthen him with might, God. And breathe on the denomination, I pray, as you once did. Do it again. God, we thank you and praise you. Would you take someone by the hand? Praise the Lord. Don't miss tonight. Six o'clock service tonight. Would you begin to tell uh, Minister Micah, tell him to wrap that up, please? And release the leaders to just help and pray for him. All right? Good. Let's, let's close in prayer. Don't, don't miss tonight. Six o'clock. I'll be preaching. It's going to be off the chain. Don't miss it. Going to be baptizing people. Uh, if you've not followed the Lord in the command to be baptized, we have a baptismal right over here. And uh, you need to sign up, though, and be, be in that class. It starts at 5 o'clock. We'll have a baptism class, and they'll tell you all about it. Bring a change of clothes, something modest, something modest to be baptized in. Amen. All right, bring a towel. All right, good. Praise God. Let's close. Father, thank you for what you did. Now bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to us, O God, and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you tonight. Also, one more thing. There'll be a, in, in five minutes, there'll be a pumpkin patch meeting right here. We have a large outreach. We have a large outreach on October 31st. So we need help. You want to be a part of that. We need, doesn't matter how old or young you are. We need help. The meeting will start right here in five minutes. God bless you. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.